0: No? Hey, everybody, how are we doing tonight? Good, morning. good, good. good. Um, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's important for us to know about Him, but it's more important for us to know Him. Yeah. Amen. How many know the difference? I always use this example because I can't think of a better one. Now, I've known since I'm a young child that I have relatives in Montreal, Canada. Part of our family, instead of immigrating here to the United States, immigrated to Canada, okay? And so there's a whole branch of individuals in Montreal and probably they probably branched out into other places in Canada. Now, I know about them. I remember their names, but I've never met them. So I can't really say that I know them. I know about them. And that's how many people are with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not careful, even in a teaching like this, because you're given out a lot of information, you can get to know about him. But the idea is to incentivize you to get to know him personally. Are, are, you, are you understanding what I'm saying? This is yes. extremely important, very important. The most important person right now on earth to you is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Say, well, I, I thought it would be Jesus. Well, 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 Jesus is in heaven. We know that, right? Yes. Jesus is in heaven. There's no place you're going to go here today to find him in person. Physically, his spirit's here. Uh, his spirit's here. Because we've gathered together here tonight in his name. Amen. And you remember what he said, right? Yes. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'll be in the midst. Amen. Amen. So we thank God for the Spirit of God that's here tonight, who's going to lead us and guide us into all truth. And it's amazing what the Holy Spirit does. I'm I'm so 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 blessed. Uh, to, to, to play a part in this whole thing. Because right now, even as I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit is acting as a filter between me and you. Because many times you'll, you'll, you'll see this. Thank you, Bill. That's thoughtful. Thank you. Because I would have been asking you for that in about five minutes. <laughs> so, so here's what happens. As I get into the teaching, many of you are going to be hearing things that I'm not teaching. Because he takes and customizes it for exactly what you need. And I've had this happen. I know I've talked to other pastors, other teachers, other ministers, and and they say the same thing. Somebody will come up and say, man, when you said this, and we'll go, I never said that. And I've actually gone back and looked at my notes sometimes. I've never said that. But it was what the Holy Spirit knew that you needed. Amen? It's what the Holy Spirit knew that you needed. And that's how personal he is to us. And that's how, how intimate we should be in our appreciation for him. Amen? Yeah, yeah I, I think we should really start to be intentional about our relationship with him. But because you're an individual, right? Yes. And, and the Bible is, is very general. The scriptures are very general. So for you to get what you need for your specific life, for your individual life, you're going to need some a go-between, a mediator, that's going to take from the general and make it very specific. Like, because sometimes you know, you may have uh, questions. You may ask another believer, or may ask somebody in the church on staff. Uh, Pastor, do you think I should do this? That I don't know. Because the scriptures are very general sometimes but you have to hear from God specifically for you. Amen. Are you getting this? Yes. And listen to me. I, I, I want to stop this as soon as I'm going to make the statement here because I want to get into this. Because I'm still working with the, almost the original set of notes from when I started this four weeks ago. I forgot what I was going to say. It's not in my notes. What was I, What was I saying? You weren't even paying attention, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Individual, the individual. being intentional about being respectful and reverential about the Holy Spirit. I don't remember what else I'm going to say. I'm going to believe God that if it was important, it's going to come back up. All right, John chapter 16. This is where I want to start tonight. And if you haven't been here, please make sure you go listen to the uh, what do we call that on our media page? John chapter 16, verse, verse 12. Jesus speaking, this is the Last Supper. Remember, almost if you paid attention to this and look at the notes, almost everything we've talked about has originated from the Last Supper. That's extremely important. Don't ever forget that, okay? Uh, verse 12, Jesus speaking, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Now, where where is this taking place? At the Last Supper. What's going to happen after the Last Supper is over? He's going to get arrested. He's going to be put on trial. He's going to be crucified. And the whole uh, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to take place. So he's saying to them, watch this now, because we have the benefit of both sides of this, but they didn't. He's saying to them, basically, on this side of the cross... There's a lot of things I would like to share with you, but you're not ready yet. You can't bear them yet, okay? So you see him sharing things afterwards. But look at verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he hears. So the Holy Ghost hears. 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 The The Holy Spirit hears. Whatever he hears, he will speak. The Holy Spirit speaks. And he'll tell you things to come so he knows the things in the future. Amen? Amen. But watch this now. Many Christians live still on that side of the cross. There's only so much that he could reveal in the Gospels. There's only so much that God could reveal to us in the Gospels. And if you're not careful, a lot of people stay constantly just in the Gospels. So you're still living in the, New Te- in the Old Testament. The, Go- the Gospels are really under the Old Testament, okay? The New Testament doesn't start until Jesus says it is finished, it's complete. Okay. Boom, turn the page, New Testament, okay? So there's stuff revealed to us, and that's where I kind of want to hone in on tonight, I, I think, uh, that there's stuff that you're not going to get if you don't have a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because he's given to the church to reveal himself, to reveal the Father, and to reveal, Je- reveal Jesus to the church. So, in order for the disciples to know the Father and the Son, they needed to experience the Holy Spirit first. In order for them to experience the Holy Spirit, Jesus had to die and be resurrected from the dead. Or the Holy Spirit could not come to us in the form that he is today. Are you getting this? Yeah. I'm sharing this because I'm trying to build an appreciation for the position that you're in. We live on the other side of the cross now. We, we really, we live on the other side of the tomb, okay? He's been resurrected. The Holy Spirit's been given to the church, to the church. The Holy spirit Jesus has been given for the world, but the Holy Spirit's been given for the church. So you're the church. You need to have a relationship with him. Yes, I'm not taking anything away from Jesus. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. If it were not for him shedding his blood, suffering the way he did on the cross, you and I could not be born again. We'd have no hope of eternity with God, and we could not experience the the blessing of having the Holy Spirit in our lives. So please appreciate that. Uh, uh, Pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit, okay? He's a gentleman. He's not going to run after you. He's not like that crush in high school, okay? He's not going to run after you. He's a gentleman. He waits to be invited. He, he You know, Christians, wake up, please, and understand that the devil operates very differently than the Holy Spirit does, and sometimes we mix him up. The devil drives you. The devil pressures you. The Holy Spirit brings peace. And, in fact, in Colossians, it tells us we're supposed to be Led, we're told, let peace be your umpire, judging things, okay? So, so you and I need to really pursue uh, this relationship with the Holy Spirit because he's, he hears, yes. he speaks, yes. and he knows things to come, Amen. okay? Theoretically speaking, now I know there's a big difference between what we experience and what God's Word says. Theoretically speaking, according to the Word of God, nothing should ever take a Christian by surprise because we got the Holy Spirit in us. You you listening to me? And you, you should start confessing that. You should start. Nothing takes me by surprise. My God knows the end from the beginning, nothing takes him by surprise. His Spirit lives inside of me. And if I'm listening closely, nothing should take me by surprise. You don't think it's God's will for you to be ambushed by the devil, do you? Of course not. So he has placed this person in us, his spirit. I don't want to call it a mechanism, but it's kind of a vehicle for God to speak to our spirits by his spirit. So then our spirit, if we're listening closely and we get our soul out of the way and get our soul trained not to distract us, we should be able to hear very clearly from the Holy Ghost. Don't, don't sit there and say, well, maybe, maybe that'll work for you, pastor, but I don't think it'll work for me. No, don't, don't say that thing and don't entertain that thought. We are all, remember last week, we're all his sheep. And what? We hear his voice. And the voice of the stranger, we won't follow. We could say it this way. I am his sheep. I hear his voice. And that other voice is not going to influence me. I know the difference between voices. You listening? You need to be saying that. You need to be confessing that. You need to be establishing that. The book of Job says, "We shall decree a thing, and it shall be what established." So who's going to do the decreeing? We are. We're waiting for God to do the decreeing. God say, "No, no. I gave you that part to play. You do the decreeing. I'll do the establishing." You got that? Yes. All right. See, these things are important. Otherwise, if you don't practice these things, if you don't walk in the truth of these things, you're going to get overtaken by the enemy once in a while. Amen? Amen. So God gives his followers the Holy Spirit so that we may know him better. Jesus said to them, up until this point, I've been able to show you some things. I've been able to teach you some things. But from this point forward, in order for you to really hear what I'm saying, My spirit's going to have to be inside you. You catching the difference? So, we're in the age of the Holy Ghost. I said we're in the age of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to hear his voice clearly. So that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ can take the marching orders that are issued from heaven. And that we can walk him out here on the earth. And that's extremely important. Don't sit there and think, well, the person next to me will do it. The person on the other side of the room will do it. You know, Sister Elsie, because she's been walking with the Lord for for years and years, she'll do it. No, no, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Well, I just got born again last week. Doesn't matter. He knew when you were going to get born again. He knew when you were going to receive Christ. And he can use you. Stop putting yourself on the outside, looking in. Stop putting yourself on the outside looking in. All right, so he gives us followers of the Holy Spirit so that we may know him better. Now, since the Holy Spirit is the author and the inspiration of the Word of God, he knows exactly what the Father is wanting to convey to us in every season of life. That's why you can hear the same message over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. And then finally one day you hear it very different because you're in a different season. And he highlights something that you didn't need before. It was important that you saw it and you knew it and you studied it. But all of a sudden now you find yourself in a different season. And then all of a sudden here comes the Holy Ghost using a scripture that you might have read a hundred times. And bam, you see it in a different light altogether. You listening? All right. Now listen to this scripture. This is a good one. And the Lord dropped this on me just a couple of hours ago, and I had to redo my notes. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Can we have it up on the screen? Do you have it, Jay? Please, I ask you for a favor, and honestly, it's for your benefit. Would you bring your regular paper Bible on Wednesday nights, please? Amen. You'd be surprised the difference that it makes. Bring your regular Bible. You have one, right? And this this isn't China. I don't even know how many Bibles I have in our house. You got one, right? If you don't have one, come and see me. I'll give you one. Uh, So what are we going to do from now on on Wednesday nights? Our paper. Our paper. paper? I don't care what it's made of. It could be a (laughs) copper scroll from the Dead Sea. Just bring something that you can hold in your hands. It's so important for you to see it for yourself. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Who wrote this? Paul. And honestly speaking, it's really not 1 Corinthians. It's 2 Corinthians because he's responding to a letter that he wrote. You'll see that as you read through this. It's the first one that we have. But he mentions in here how he's answering another letter, okay? So, but as it is written, I have... Now, this is from the Old Testament, Okay? I has not seen, O ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And usually that's where everybody stops. Oh, pastor, you can't know the things of God. They're a mystery. You know, the Bible says, I has not seen, O ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That makes it sound like we really can't know him, right? Wait, right, let me come down here and see if, I'm, if you guys are seeing the same scripture. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. That's the one, right, Rob? Eye has not seen or ear heard. In other words, no human being has ever seen or heard these things that God has prepared for those who love him. So we have no hope of ever knowing anything, the deep things of God, the revelations of God. Look at the next verse. But God has what? Revealed. To who? Us. How? How? So if you don't, here's the point I want to make to you. The deeper relationship you have with the Holy Spirit, the more revelation and illumination you're going to get into the Word of God. A couple of people are getting here. Let's read it again. But God has revealed them, which them? The things that previously ears could not hear and eyes could not see and the person could not understand. But now, why? Because we're on the other side of the cross. The Messiah has come. He sacrificed his life on the cross. He rose again from the dead. When he did, he ascended it to heaven and released the Holy Spirit to come on the earth. You getting this? So previously our relationship, the disciples' relationship was with Jesus, but at this point in time, who's the disciples' relationship with? The Holy Spirit. But God has revealed unto us, to us, the church, his beloved ones, How? Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Is there another verse after that? For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man? Now, here it is. Our spirit is in communication with the Holy Spirit, and that's how you're learning things. That's how you're receiving illumination. But let me ask you a question. Would you spend a lot of time talking to a person that ignores you? Would you invest any time with a person that ignores you? That makes believe you're not even there? Do I I need to explain that? Okay. For one man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows that... Come on, read it with me nice and loud. No one knows the things of God, except who? The spirit of God. And what's the spirit of God doing? He's revealing things to us. Now... Why do you think Paul was the one who wrote this? Why do you think it was God's will for Paul to write this? Because Paul was an expert in the Old Testament. Expert. But still didn't know God. He could tell you all the rituals. He could tell you what you'd have to do on every single holiday. He could tell you every commandment, how far you could walk on the Sabbath, what kind of of material you could make your clothes out of. He could tell you all these things. He'd be able to tell you all the stories of the prophets. But imagine what an impact it made on him when, he, when Ananias laid his hands on him and said, receive the Holy Ghost. And it says, what fell off his eyes? Scales. scales. What scales do you think they were? All the misconception of the Old Testament went foom. Oh, my God. And now he understands, my God, I could have, and trust me, I believe he probably could recite everything from Genesis chapter 1 to the end of the book of Malachi. He probably could have recited it all. But imagine when he realized, I never knew my God, never knew the Messiah until the Spirit of God revealed him to me. Imagine the impact. That must have blown him away. And so here we are. If anybody say, well, what's the reason why I need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? You know, many years ago, before I became a Christian, I was involved in a lot of occult stuff. Got sucked into a lot of stupid philosophies, which led me to a lot of crazy behavior. And I remember going to one particular psychic, and the person said to me, When you go to sit down... Now, mind you, I was going to night school at that time at Ocean County College and having a really tough time because I'm running a business during the day, going to night school at night, trying to take care of a family. And so so this demon, speaking through this individual, said, when it's time for you to study, light an orange candle next to you. I don't know why orange. It wasn't my favorite color. If he would have said blue, I would have went out. Do you know, crazy as I was... (laughs) Far from God, when I would light that candle, I would have the ability to study stuff that I was studying in school that would be, that's just be it would be clear to me. And then I realized after I got saved, I didn't need that orange candle anymore because I had the Holy Ghost living in me. And this is the habit that I would establish during those days, okay, and probably carried on for maybe over 10 years. Every time I would open up my Bible, Father, I thank you that you're giving me the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is opening up my eyes. I'm able to comprehend and have revelation knowledge in this word because your spirit lives in me. The presence of the Holy Ghost in our lives is priceless. That is going to be the difference between a person who is a baby Christian and an individual who develops into a mature Christian according to Romans chapter 8, a mature son of God, son or daughter of God. It's going to be the influence of the Holy Spirit that you allow in your life. And it can't just be on Wednesday night. And it can't just be on Saturday night or Sunday morning. It's got to be 24-7. It's got to be 24-7. He is who's been assigned to us. I, I, I can't. I feel like I can't emphasize that enough because you're going to leave here in about a half an hour and you're going to go back into your life outside of here and there's going to be distractions and there's going to be things pull on you. you got a job to go to tomorrow morning. You're going to have pressures on your life. You've got to overdose on the Holy Ghost now so that he carries you. We used to say that years ago. You remember that? Um, so that so that you can you can you can walk in the overflow. But every day we should be nurturing this relationship with him, even just in the small things. Get up in the morning, good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you for waking me up today. Thank you that today I'm gonna to walk in the knowledge of your will. Thank you, Holy Spirit, today that you're showing me right from wrong. Thank you, Holy Ghost, today that you're revealing, you're giving unto me and granting unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and knowledge of God. It's not that hard. Instead of getting up in the morning and going, oh, my God, one more day. <laughs> Does it take that much more energy? Oh, it's just thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, for waking me up. Thank you, Lord. That I've got a brand-new day today to, to, to serve you, to love people, to be used of you, to use your own imagination, whatever he speaks to you, what, what declarations you need to make. Just don't go into your day like, oh, here we go, another day, like a gerbil on the... David said, early in the morning shall I rise up and seek you. Now, let's go over some basic stuff again. Again. Because some people believe, even though if it's just subconsciously, that the Holy Spirit is some type of a invisible spiritual power or energy, uh, a force. But the Holy Spirit is so much more than this. Remember this, get this deep in you, get this deep in you, because I got to keep repeating this because when you keep somebody at an arm's length, you got to keep reminding, if you want a better relationship, you got to keep reminding yourself of who they are. He's a person, he's not a force, he's not a wind, he's not a dove. He has the characteristics of a person, okay? He's a person. He thinks, just like we talked about in the beginning of the message. He speaks, he feels, he has emotions, Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as he, not it, okay? He, he's intelligent, he has intellect. 1 Corinthians 2.10, we just talked about that scripture. No one knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God who searches all things. The Spirit of God has intelligence, he has intellect, he has feelings. Just like when someone does something that causes us sadness or grief, um, <coughs> so we, we also produce similar emotions We we do the same thing to the Holy Spirit sometimes. Now, because He's love and He's a gentleman, sometimes He won't tell us, "Hey, you really hurt my feelings when you did that." But you can sense something's wrong. You can sense you sense a chill when you when you're with somebody you're close and something happens. You say something stupid, or or they say, or they do something unkind. Don't you feel the chill? That comes in. Well, you, the same thing happens with the Holy Spirit sometimes. And you see, if you're not aware of that, you'll start thinking it's just in your head. Now, He's trying, he's trying to, to be kind because that's how He is, and, and, and be loving and be forgiving because that's how He is. But your spirit is catching it. Your spirit's noticing something's not right. I don't feel that warm, fuzzy presence something i i must have done something i must have said something now listen to this in ephesians chapter 4 let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification in other words when you speak it should build somebody up that it may impact grace to the hearers and look at verse 30 and do not what who don't grieve the holy spirit of god by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption Verse 31. Now, see, this is in the context of not grieving the Holy Spirit. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Why? See, when we're only thinking in the natural, we think, well, so that I don't hurt somebody else's feelings. That's not just not to hurt somebody else's feelings. It's so that the Holy Spirit himself is not grieved. That he's not. Now, he doesn't leave you, but there are times when he'll take a step back Okay, I I know we don't like to hear this, but it's true. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away with all malice. Verse 32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Why is that important? Why is verse 31, excuse me, 32, just as important as verse 31? Verse 31 is how we grieve him. Verse 32 is how we please him. He's pleased. Would you want to live in a house where there's all kinds of craziness, yelling and screaming, cursing, all kinds of sexual immorality going on? Would you like to have that going on in your house? And the Holy Ghost doesn't either. You're his house. Paul said we're the temples of who? The Holy Ghost. He's living. You're, You're sharing your house with him. He doesn't want to live in that kind of junk. He doesn't want to live in that kind of strife and aggravation and tension. Are you getting this? Yes. He has a will. The Holy Ghost has a will. First Corinthians 12. <clears throat> Starting in verse 4. Are you learning anything tonight? Yes. Was it worth coming out? Yes. All right, we're not done yet. <laughs> verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. We're going to start spending some time talking about the gifts of the spirit. Because on a Wednesday night is a good place to do that because there's time for that. There are diversities of gifts, different types of gifts from the Holy Spirit, and there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. The same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, in other words, the proof and the evidence that the Holy Spirit is among us, is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom, and we're going to go through each one of these in the future, through the same spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. Don't get that mixed up. That's not regular faith like how you got saved. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. Another, discerning of spirits. And that's, that's not just seeing de- devils. So many Christians... They're always seeing demons and devils. Well, how come you're not seeing angels? If you're seeing in the spirit, in the spirit realm, there's both angels and demons. When somebody's only seeing demons, I got to question that situation here. Where was I? To another different kinds of tongues, and there are at least three different kinds, to another interpretation of tongues, but the one and same spirit, here we go, works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So he has a will. Now, obviously, he's the third person of the Trinity. His will is not gonna be different than the will of the Father, the will of the Son. But he has a will. Let me see if we're gonna go there. Yeah, we'll get there. All right. Let me give you some names from the Bible about referring to the Holy Spirit, his activity and his personality. The spirit of holiness. You want to grieve the Holy Ghost 100%? Get involved in something that's not holy. Because he's the spirit of? Few people got it. He's the spirit of? What does it mean, holiness? What does it mean? That you dress a certain way? You're set apart. You live separate. You don't live separate like this, but you consider yourself separate from everything that's going on in the world. You catching it? All right, don't be one of them Christians. I'm not, I can't associate with them. They're sinners. That's not holiness. That's a religious devil. He's referred to as the Holy Spirit of promise in Ephesians chapter one, verse 13. Spirit of grace, the spirit of grace, the spirit who manifests grace in Hebrews 10, 29. We've talked about this one, John 14, 26. He's the comforter. That doesn't mean he's a big blanket. He's a comforter. He's the one who brings comfort. He's the one who stands alongside us. Okay, the spirit of truth, and we see that multiple places in the gospel of John. So since the Holy Spirit is God's spirit, he knows the thoughts of God and reveals those thoughts to believers. The Holy Spirit opens believers' eyes to the hope of salvation and to the inheritance they have in Christ. Paul's prayer for every believer we have written for us. You know that we actually have prayers, word for word, that were prayed in the early church? You know that? We see them in Ephesians. We see them in Colossians. Obviously, you see them in the gospel, okay? But the Our Father, right? But the Our Father wasn't meant to be said word for word. The Our Father was a pattern of prayer. Okay? There's no special, you know, you've seen the movies. I just recently watched one of the old Titanic movies. And, you know, the ship's going down, and it's our Father, our in heaven, how to be that. I doubt very much if you'd be that calm, um, praying that religious prayer, you know, our Father, our in heaven, our in, heaven, how in heaven. You'd be like, Dear God, save me! So it's a pattern of prayer. Don't get caught up in that, because many of you were raised in the same kind of church I was. And we thought there was special power on that particular prayer. You know, it's a pattern of prayer. But in the letters to the church, we have word for word some of the things that they actually prayed. Here's one of them. You, you're going to be familiar with this, but for those of you that are not, I want to read it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. See, Paul understood the, the importance of having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Paul understood what the Holy Spirit could provide for an individual in the church. And so starting in verse 15 Ephesians chapter 1 Therefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints do not cease to give thanks to you for you making mention of you in my prayers now he's going to tell us what he prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you or if you're reading King James may grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation where in the knowledge of him. Here we go again. The Holy Ghost is the one who gives us knowledge of God. The eyes of your understanding, you're, he's talking about your spirit, man, being enlightened, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance where? In the saints. You and I have an inheritance. It's not it's no coincidence that the, the Holy Spirit's referred to as an advocate, an attorney. Well, when you're going to claim a will, what do you need? An attorney. You need a representative. You need somebody to figure out all the complicated language and say, here, you know, you got 25 cents in the bank. That's what was left to everything else, went to the cat. So this is the foundational belief. This is one of our foundational beliefs. Listen to me that the Holy Spirit is a person of Trinity which came to live in you when you were born again. Settle that. So, well, I'm born again, but I don't have the Holy Spirit. There's no such thing. It's impossible. You don't know what you're talking about when you say something like that. Because you're either saying one or the other. You're either saying you don't know what the Bible says, or you're really not born again. Because when you got born again, it was the Holy Spirit who came to live in you. Now I received Jesus when I got born again. Well, Jesus is still on the throne in heaven. He didn't come down, open your chest, and climb in. You realize that? I mean, it sounds stupid, but sometimes we, we trick ourselves by keeping ourselves out of the truth, okay? You're born again. The Holy Spirit's living in you. He's dwelling in you. When you say you don't have the Holy Ghost, what you're actually saying is that you have not yet experienced the secondary experience with God after being born again, and that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You could be born again and not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you can't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit without being born again. Because it's the Holy Ghost in you that rises up upon you when you experience the baptism, the fullness, okay? And that's the door that opens up to the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. You got. We'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. So, he, you know, I've said this many times before, he is the Spirit of God here on earth to administrate the church and guide every believer. All right? Now, that's not just now in 2022, but that was especially true, and we see the early church walking out this truth. I want to go to Acts chapter 15, and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 16, but I want you to pay attention to this, and then we'll, we'll stop here for tonight, and we'll pick up next week, okay? Okay? So, so whatever energy you have left tonight, give me your focus. Walk, walk through this with me. Now, Paul and Barnabas go on a trip across modern-day Turkey, and they establish a whole bunch of churches. Now, their pattern always was when they would go to a city, go to a village, go to a town, the first place they would go is the synagogue. You would find them either in a synagogue on Saturday morning or if there was no physical synagogue, they would go to a place near a river, a lake, some body of water because that's where the Jews would assemble on Saturday morning if they didn't have a physical building, okay? So Paul and Barnabas see tremendous miracles take place. They see entire villages come to Christ, okay? So when they come back to Jerusalem, I'm giving you the, the, the background of description that we're going to go to. So when they come back to Jerusalem, uh, the, Jew, the leaders there, the apostles there of the early church who were all Jews, they didn't know how they felt about this. Because they said, well, you, what do you mean? You, you, you're going to Gentiles? They said, well, well, yeah, we're in Gentile territory. Isn't, how many Jews are there? You know." And so the Gentiles are getting saved? Yeah, the Gentiles are getting born again, which, which shouldn't have been a surprise to them because they, Peter should have remembered what happened at Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10. Yes. Cornelius is Italian. He's a Gentile. And they saw him not only get born again, but the Holy Spirit come upon him, and he spoke in tongues and everybody else in his house. So whatever, they must have forgot about it. So now Paul and Barnabas are called to give an account of what happened there. Because the church, early church leaders are kind of puzzled. Like, we really wasn't sure that this was for them, too. And so they come, and and now Acts chapter 15 is kind of like the result of the meeting that they had. But we're studying it for, because we want to see the administration of the Holy Spirit in the early church. You got it? I, I know I just dumped a lot on you. I hope you're able to sort through that. So, verse 25. It seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same thing by word of mouth. Look at the next verse. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Now, this is a message he's sending to the churches, the Gentile churches, the, the Jews that got born again in Turkey, in those areas, in uh, Syria, and Antioch, in and Galatia, in all these areas, okay? They're sending this message to the church because those people were confused too. Should we get circumcised? Should we, should we obey the different rituals? Or can we have barbecue spare ribs? Can we, you know, what can we do here? And so they send this message back, but look at what it says in verse 28. Am I on? Yes. It seemed like it just went like, okay. The spirit of Charlie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Verse 28. Watch this now. Look at the relationship. Look at the relationship that these men have with the Holy Spirit. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. And we're going to go into that. But look at this. Look at this. They're saying, we we have such a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we know when something's okay with him and we know when something's not. And he says, to make this statement is unbelievable. Now, listen to me. You're talking about Jews, for the most part, that were in this meeting who were so entrenched in the Old Testament, and in the Old Testament, you would have never seen a statement like this. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit could only fall upon an individual for a short period of time. When their task was done, the Holy Spirit would withdraw from them. There's no time to build a relationship. The Spirit of God would come upon a prophet and he would and, and make an axe float. The Spirit of God would come upon a prophet, and he would write down what God was speaking to the people. But once he's done, man, that guy's just as carnal as anybody else. Why? Because they're not born again, and the Holy Spirit couldn't indwell them. But now, they're born again. The Spirit of God is living in them. They're starting to recognize His voice, His presence, His His impressions. And honestly, most of the communication from the Holy Ghost is not going to be audible. It's going to be impressions, okay? For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. In other words, there's harmony here. What we're looking to do Seems like it's okay with the Holy Ghost. We're not getting breaks. We're not getting red lights. You catching this? Yes. Now, this might seem something minor to you until you're in the position where you better really know that you're hearing from the Holy Ghost. Yes. 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 It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. 29, that you have saved from things offered to idols. Now, that was something the Gentiles would do. From blood, which is not kosher, from strangled things, which is not kosher, from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these things, you do well. That's amazing. Are you, are you listening to me? Yes. That, that, what, no, you don't understand. It's amazing that this was so okay with the Holy Ghost that he made sure that this incident is recorded in the book of Acts so that you and I could know it's possible to have that kind of a, a relationship. You may have heard me share this before. <coughs> Let me just take a drink of water here. You, me hear, you may have heard me share this before, uh, years ago. Never forget this as long as I live. We were at the Primary Learning Center back then, on the other side of town, Chambersbridge Road. You guys know where that is? Those of you that live in Brick? And I'm standing on the front row. <coughs> Actually, I remember this correctly. You were, I, was, I was sitting or standing where he is, and you're sitting right in this chair over here. And I'm standing there. My wife's next to me and the rest of whoever is there, I remember. And I got my hands up and I'm worshiping God. This is during worship. Music is going on. And I said on the inside, Lord, what do you want to do in this service? I'm telling you the truth right now because it shocked me. I said, Lord, what do you want to do in this service? And I heard on the inside, it clears about, what do you want to do? I'm like... Lord, what do you want to do in the service? What do you want to do? I heard this. I know I have your heart. I know you'll do whatever I tell you to do in the service. But what do you want to do? That scared me. That scared me. I just may believe I didn't hear it. (laughs) But you, you understand what I'm saying? I, I did not realize at that point that how cooperative and interactive this relationship is. And some of us don't ask that question often enough. Lord, what do you want to do? Well, pastor, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not implicating anybody. I'm not. Well, pastor, got an opportunity to go for a really good job. It's going to double and triple my salary Uh, but I have to move out of state, and I'm going to go to such and such a town. Oh, really? Well, did you pray? And you see the the look on the face right away. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, I've been praying about, but did you pray? Did you ask the Holy Ghost if this is good to him and to you? Because it's good to you because you're going to get a raise. What remains to see in the next decade, what effect it's going to have on your children and on your spouse, and what effect it's going to have on your health spiritually, And it almost never fails. I'll say, well, did you find a church here yet? Do I have to go any further? You understand what I'm saying? Why is it that we almost treat like, okay, God, this is your business here. But this is my business here. Now, when I get in trouble with my business, I'm going to expect you to come and bail me out. And sometimes I've said, man, that that person better thank God I'm not God. Why is it that we don't, we meet somebody? Holy Ghost, is is this, should I be investing time in this person? That'll get you thinking. Holy Ghost, does this seem good to you? Because this seems good to me. But does this seem good to you? Hallelujah. Now, now, now here's, an, here's a situation where they had the okay and they're in harmony with the Holy Ghost. Yes or no? Yes. They're in harmony. But look at what happens in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia, another area in Turkey, in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So they're at the fork of the road. Paul, and at this point it's Paul and Silas, am I right? I am, right? Yeah. Paul and Silas. Okay, now, Paul Paul and Silas, I'm going to turn my back on you for the sake of you being able to understand things better. Okay, if we had a map of Turkey here, Paul and Silas want to make a right-hand turn and go into Asia because, you know, Turkey is kind of like a big, gigantic peninsula off of The Asian continent. Yes or no? So Paul and Silas, they want to go to the right. But when they got to this, this fork in the road, the Holy Spirit, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach in Asia. And what happens? Instead of making a right, they make a left, and now they start heading towards the western coast of Turkey where there's Ephesus and all the cities that are listed in the book of Revelation. Okay? The Holy Ghost sends them there. But watch this now. Verse 7, after they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Another, they're, they're, they're forbidden to go in these areas. Passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man from Macedonia. Now, you know your geography? Okay, you know your geography. Here, here's Turkey, right? Um, and then there's there's the uh, what is it, the Bosphorus Strait, that, that the Strait of Dardanelles where Constantinople is, and today it's what, Istanbul? Okay, that's on the Asian side. That's on the Turkey side. But on the other side is what? Greece, Europe. Now, what would have happened if they would have overrode the Holy Ghost and went to the right? It might have delayed the gospel going into Europe for God knows how long. Now, eventually somebody would have listened to the Holy Spirit. And went there, but but how do you think Paul felt when he realized, man, what is wrong? I just don't feel. It seems like I can't go that direction. It seems like the Holy Ghost is not with me there. What is going on? What's going on? All right, we got to go the other way. Now I would have been hesitant too because they had already been that way, and already had established a bunch of churches in Western Turkey. They want to go to Eastern Turkey. Okay. Uh, but well, what would have happened if they would have went to the right instead of to the, to the left? We don't know. We don't know if he would have ever met Luke, because up until this point, he hasn't met Luke yet. He, he wouldn't have met Timothy, not at the, at the time of Timothy's life. Now, maybe he would have traveled around a bunch of times and then really got in his head like, man, he really screwed up. But think about Paul, what Paul must have felt like, and think about the conversation between him and Silas When Paul woke up that morning after he had had that vision at night in a dream of this man in Macedonia on the other side in a different continent saying, come over and help us. I would have loved to have been there at breakfast that morning. This is why we couldn't go to Asia. This is why we were stopped in Bithynia. This, man, it makes so much sense now. Now imagine now, this is not too far-fetched to think, because you see Paul walking in boldness when he gets to Ephesus, when he gets to, uh, to Athens, when he gets to Corinth, when he gets to Thessalonica. You see Paul walking in a boldness that you don't see in his life up until that point. Why? He's got confirmation from God. The Holy Ghost confirmed for him the direction that he was going in. You can't imagine, unless you've been in that position, what that does for you when the Holy Ghost confirms something, and you go, Man, man, I knew I was hearing from God. I knew I was hearing from God. You understand what I'm saying? Listen to me, please. We're done for tonight. But please, I'm imploring you, and I'm talking to myself as I'm talking to you. Get every area of your life submitted to the Holy Ghost. Pursue him. Talk to him. Treat him like the person that he is. Practice his presence. When you're in the car alone, talk to the Holy Ghost. When you're in the shower, talk to the Holy Spirit. When you're whatever, you're sitting there watching television. The stupid commercials are on, and it's boring. Talk to the Holy Ghost. Tell him this program's is terrible, isn't it? Practice His presence. People don't think I'm crazy. They already think you're crazy. What difference does it make? But see, when you have that experience with him and you know, and only you know that it's a genuine experience of hearing from the Holy Ghost, that just builds you up. That makes you, like, want to walk out of the house and rip some devil's head off. You listen to me? Why? Because the spirit of God that was hovering over the chaos in Genesis chapter 1 is speaking to you. And he'll talk to you. He'll lead you and guide you. He'll illuminate the scriptures for you. He'll remind you of the things that Jesus has spoken unto you. And one of the greatest things, he will show you things to come. We don't have to walk through this life like a dummy. We can have that inside information from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Well, listen, God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, come on up. If not, practice his presence.